Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the show, World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also Sirius XM. I'm Nick Eber. It is lovely to be with you as I am each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time. Then again, uh, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast, uh, right here on these very networks. A big hello, by the way, to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. A pleasure and a privilege to speak with you. And if you're listening either on any one of our digital platforms, iHeartRadio, tune in the award-winning SiriusXM app, or our podcast at Believe Podcast Network, or anywhere you get your podcasts, uh, uh, thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, look, yeah, we are sort of at the tail end of this nightmarish international break that always seems to come at the absolute worst possible time. But there are a few stories percolating around qualification, and you know I'm not going to talk about who's doing what in what groups and this, that, and the other, because quite frankly, couldn't give us enough. But there are some big stories regardless. Um, Arsene Wenger and FIFA getting a lot of pushback, particularly from UEFA, about their ludicrous plan for the World Cup every two years. I guess we'll revisit that nonsense. Um, and, you know, once again, in this sort of ongoing FIFA versus club battle that's going on, uh, we now have issues with Brazilian players being disallowed by FIFA to play for their club's teams this weekend. And I'm going to tell you why, and I'm going to tell you which teams are affected. And let's take a look at the schedule and see if that have has any ongoing ramifications. Uh, Naby Keita getting caught up in a uh, revolution, in a coup d'etat in um, Guinea. Thankfully, he's okay. Uh, we do have a fair amount to get to, so let's do it, shall we? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Um, and uh, that's where you will find me. I'd love to hear from you on social media. That's really the best way to communicate with me. All right. Um, I'm going to step aside, take a brief break, and I'll be right back after with more. So now's a great time to visit the Lou. Uh, be right back after this. This is World Soccer Radio. Today is going to be the day right, that they're uh, going to throw back to the show, you. World Soccer Radio, on the Sports Byland Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. Uh, you know, World Cup qualifying is really a one of the banes of my existence, to be fair. It goes on and on and on. It interrupts the club season, puts a wrench in the works. However, however, the upside of it is there are a lot more and varied things that if you want to make a small wager, you can do that with. Now, look, I know it's that time of year where we like, we have World Cup qualifying, and we have the Premier League and the Champions League getting ready to start, but you all know what's happening right now, right? It's the NFL, and all eyes are turning to American football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. 
And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. So you can get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. They're all open now at Bet Online. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo. And here's how it works. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener. That's Thursday. That's a couple days from now or tomorrow. Between the Super Bowl champions, Buccaneer and the Cowboys. And if you lose, you're going to get your money back. That's right. Your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL10. And you combine that with a uh, 100% welcome bonus, well, can't lose. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Um, World Cup qualifying. Okay, so, w- w- you know, we're going to talk about World Cup qualifying. We're going to talk about the by uh, every two years, I guess it's biannual World Cup. Also being proposed by Mr. Arsene uh, Willu, Willu, I am Willu, uh, Arsene Wenger. Uh, but in the meantime, let's take a uh, quick run around the back pages. Uh, the Star reporting that uh, Jude Bellingham is looking to move to Liverpool. Uh, he is uh, currently at Borussia Dortmund. Uh, also, Liverpool supposedly, according to the Mirror, uh, interested in signing uh, Paul Onuachu, Onuachu uh, by Genk. And apparently battling Bayern Barker and Red Bull Salzburg for Karim Adeyami, uh, six goals in six leagues games this season, uh, to, uh, currently for Red Bull Salzburg. Uh, 19 years old, uh, quite the striker of the future. By the way, did you see Erling Braut-Hartmann's numbers, Haaland's numbers? I mean, it is really insane, okay? When we talk about future superstars, I mean... <laughs> There's lots of players that have made waves. There's lots of players that are talked about as the next Messi, the next Ronaldo, the next Pele, the next Maradona. But I'm sorry, uh, (laughs) Erlen Brad Haaland Haaland is the real deal. Now, look, I know Norway were playing Gibraltar, but he has scored 11 goals in eight games. And it's not like this is just something that kind of happens. It's not just like this is a one-off fluke, right? I mean, this is a kid. He's, what, all at 21 years old? By the way, I don't know if you know this. He was born in Leeds, right? Wouldn't it be wonderful if uh, he could play for England? But, you know, that's not going to happen. I don't know where that came from. But look at the guy's goal-scoring numbers. In the Austrian Bundesliga in 1819, playing for Red Bull Salzburg, he scored, are you ready for this? 29 goals in 27 appearances. In Borussia Dortmund, in the Bundesliga. Now, now we're not talking about the Austrian Bundesliga now. We're talking about the big boy Bundesliga. He has scored... 63 goals in 64 games. 
if you want to count up since 2018, this kid has scored more goals than games, or right about even. He scored an average of one goal a game. Folks, that is a ridiculous number. And yeah, so now we know why Mino Raiola is asking for 230 million euros for him, plus, you know, what, 850,000 pounds a week. Someone's going to pay it. And someone's going to get the real deal, because this kid is it. Real Madrid going to go back to the table with PSG to try to get Kylian Mbappe again. Uh, they're going to look at 30 million euros per year uh, as, a, as a, um, a player wage for him from Madrid. I don't know where they're getting this money from, by the way. This is something that we have to really talk about. Chelsea are still looking for uh, Jules Conde from Sevilla. And that's being reported by the Evening Standard. Uh, and um, they're also looking for Aurelian Chu, uh, Chu Armeni. And I actually got his name right. I always say it, and it sounds like I'm chewing tobacco. Chuomeni, Aurelian Chuomeni, um, who's currently at Monaco, but he's another kid. Chelsea getting and buying young. I keep saying that over again, whether it's Chuomeni, whether it's Conde, uh, whether it's uh, you know, Pulisic. I mean, these are looking for young talent, a little like Liverpool, by the way. Now, Chelsea going to have to go head-to-head with Juve, but you know, I don't think, you know, we call it, we're calling Juve uh, Italian, quote, giants, and, and they certainly are a legendary team. I mean, one of the five most legendary teams in global football. There's no doubt about that, okay? But they are, much like Barcelona, they are going through some very, very tough, tough times right now. Listen, trouble continuing for Arsenal, uh, Galatasaray, coming in for Mohamed Elneny, and, you know, look, he's 29 years old, but again, I think, you know, the problem with Arsenal is this is a club in the midst of transition. Other clubs coming in, asking for players and being rejected by the club has a tendency to, um, you know, has a, has a real tendency to cause problems, so uh, we will see. Um, what, uh, Man United still looking for Declan Rice, according to the Mirror, and... Uh, Madrid are going to try and get rid of Danny Ceballos. They're going to move him out in January on loan. Um, likely going to stay in Spain. It looks like he's going to go over to Real Betis. And finally, Papi Mendy, uh, French midfielder, is going to probably lead Leicester City and head over to Galatasaray after they did not get uh, El Neni. So there you go. That's a quick run around the back pages uh, again, the Erling Brown Haaland story, you know, this year we had Messi and we had Ronaldo. Next year, we're definitely going to have an issue with Erling Brown Haaland. He is definitely getting uh, a little too big for the Bundesliga in terms of money, and he is most certainly going to move. The question is, are they going to be able to come up with the funds in Spain? Does he want to go to Spain, or is he going to go to England? And... Um, I would think, you know, for me, I would think that a, a kid that is was born in Leeds, speaks a language fluently, is going to probably want to go to the top league in the world, particularly if he goes to La Liga. I'm not sure that the level of opposition he's going to get is going to be 
quite right for him. And, you know, look, if Messi and Ronaldo were still there, I, I think he won. Let's just say not even Ronaldo. Let's say Messi was still there. I think he would stay. He may go there. But uh, I don't think he's going to go. He may well end up going to England, uh, look for City, look for Chelsea. Um, I would be absolutely gobsmacked and shocked if he ended up in Spain. So those are my thoughts. All right, uh, this is World Soccer Radio. Send me a uh, Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E. You can send me a Facebook message at facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. We're presented by betonline.ag, your online store sportsbook experts. Uh, I'll be right back after these messages. All right, uh, welcome back to World Soccer Radio, presented by BetOnline.ag. I'm Nick Gieber. Find me on Twitter at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, or Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Um, look, the World Cup qualifying is going to essentially be done and dusted here, uh, I think today or tomorrow. And I'm thankful for it because it just it's just interminable. Now, uh, d- to give it some understa- understanding... It is particularly in terms of CONCACAF, a highly compressed schedule. And as you've heard me say on this show, I'm not really interested in CONCACAF qualifying because I'm assuming that the United States and Mexico will both make it through to the big show. And if they don't, they don't deserve discussion about it because it is a crap confederation. I, I, I know that's harsh, but it's true. Sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes brutal honesty is the only type of honesty that you need. And there's a great article right now on ESPN actually saying the same thing. It says the U.S. men's national team World Cup qualification is off to a rocky start, but it's not time to panic talking about how we're really just a couple of games into what is like a one million game schedule for qualifying. And so as a result, I, I, I just tune out. I mean, you may have noticed this week, I didn't do a show on Monday or Tuesday for you. Uh, we, we ran uh, reruns. I think on uh, uh, Monday, we did the Champions League uh, uh, draw discussion about the groups and on tuesday we reran something else you know why because i really don't care if the u.s men's national team doesn't make the world cup greg holter Berghalter, Berhalter gets fired everybody else that u.s soccer should get fired and we should move on i mean you know kind of what happened after the loss to panama i mean really if you think about it But with the likes of Christian Pulisic in your team, I mean, you really don't have any excuses. I mean, there are lots of other good players on the U.S. team, by the way. I mean, the U.S. men's national team is a good team. Mexico is a good team. El Salvador is not really a good team. Canada is not really a great team. It's not a bad team, but it's not a good team. Yeah, okay, the U.S. drew El Salvador and Canada, but so what? They still have to play, you know, some tiny island nation you never heard about. And they'll beat them 19-0, and they'll pump up their goal differential, and they'll get the three points for the win, and 
we'll move on. It's just not interesting to me, folks. I don't want to use my precious time and your precious listening time pretending that it's remotely interesting. If you want to get figure out, you know, what's the best formation for the for Greg Berhalter to play in a match against Canada, you are listening to the wrong show. There are lots of other great shows on Sirius XM. And by the way, I'm not dismissing or being dismissive to those others. They're great shows. There are lots of other great shows on Sirius XM, most of them hosted by former players. They're going to get down into the nitty, the gritty, the, de- the dirty, uh, tactical, on-the-pitch issues uh, on a second-by-second basis for you. If that's of interest to you, look, I've been a pundit in this sport now for 22 years, and I can tell you, it just ain't interesting to me. I mean, formations and tactics and means a lot. And, and again, you can look at... I think there's probably no better way, example of the difference that a manager can make tactically, emotionally, training regimen, organization and structure, the administrative side of the game. I'm talking about the football administrative. I'm not talking about the tea lady or the transfers or that sort of stuff. Then looking at Chelsea, you know, Frank Lampard leaves, Thomas Tuchel takes over. They go from a struggling team with lots of young players to a team that is clearly firing on, firing on all cylinders. So there is a lot to be said for that. It's just not something that I particularly thrive and, 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 I'm, and I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about the game. I've been watching the game long enough to know that at the end of the day, the game is won most of the time on the pitch by the 11 players playing it. And that, you know, managers changing up the tactics or having a, you know, a key substitution in a particular minute has changed the face of games, absolutely, but not as often as you would think. Doesn't mean you ignore it, but it's not what I'm... I'm passionate about the soap opera that is global football. And I know that you are too. So, am I sweating the fact that the U.S. men's national team drew Canada 1-1? No, couldn't kill us. Do I think they should fire Greg Berhalter and, uh, and, and give the entire U.S. soccer organization a massive enema? No, I do not. Because at the end of the day, I will be gobsmacked, shocked, if the U.S. men's national team doesn't make the World Cup. And by the way, uh, listen... I like uh, women's football. I'm a huge supporter of women's football. But it is a different beast between the Men's World Cup and the Women's World Cup. These are different tournaments, different levels, different... It's a different game. I'm not saying one's better than the other or one has more value to uh, their particular fans of the game than the other, but I'm just saying they're not the same thing. And it's the same thing with UEFA. I mean, Israel beats Austria 5-2. Woo! Great. Good for Israel, by the way. But, you know. At the end of the day, the teams that I would expect to be in the World Cup Finals will be there, and I don't imagine we're going to get any huge surprises when the final is played in Doha... And the Jules Rimet Trophy, or the 15th version of the Jules Rimet Trophy, is lifted. 
and the winning team is one of the seven teams that you probably could pick today to be in contention. A bunch of teams from UEFA and Argentina or Brazil, right? I mean, do you really think the U.S. men's national team or Mexico or Nigeria or um, China or whoever is going to win the World Cup? No, you don't. And I, I tell you what, I, I'm going to go over to betonline.ag right now. Uh, and I should be a better host and have that website open right now. But I'm going to go over there and see what those World Cup futures look like for you. Because that's really going to... I know, I mean, I haven't even seen them. Okay, I'm going to go right now. And I'm gonna I'm gonna check them out for you. Let's look at some World Cup futures, courtesy of BetOnline.ag. By the way, I'm gonna to talk to you in the next segment about just how lame FIFA is, again, for the nine thousandth time. Let's take a look. The championship, we got that. Blah blah blah. To be relegated, league on, we got that. Eredivisie, MLS, we got that. Bundesliga. League on Portuguese Premier League, Russian Premier League, English Premier League. We're gonna get there. Ba, 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 ba. Turkish Super League. There you go. I know you're really interested in that one. Champions League. PSG, by the way, the favourites to win the Champions League. Leicester City favourites to win the Europa League, along with uh, Napoli. Here we go. All right, here we go, folks. No surprise. Are you ready? Are you ready to rock? The favorite, co-favorites for the 2022 FIFA World Cup. This is the early market. All wages have actions. Others on request. Go over to betonline.ag. Brazil and France, ba-ba-boom, are tied at plus 600. England, second at 750. Spain, third, plus 900. Germany, fourth, plus 1,000. Italy, plus 1,000. Belgium, plus 1,100. Argentina, plus 1,200. The Netherlands, plus 1,600. Portugal, plus 1,600. Then you get to Denmark, plus 5,000. Colombia, plus 6,600. Croatia, plus 6,600. Uruguay, plus 6,600. So they're all the same. And then you get Turkey, and then, only then, plus 8,000 for the USA, then Chile, then Mexico, then Nigeria, then Serbia, and then Sweden. So where, where, where am I going with this statement? Where I'm going is, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. The same old, same olds will be there, and I'm going to suggest that every single one of these teams on this list will be present at the World Cup Finals. Brazil, France, England, Spain, Germany, Italy, Belgium, Argentina, the Netherlands, Portugal, Denmark, Colombia, Croatia, Uruguay, Turkey, USA, Chile, Mexico, Nigeria, Serbia, and Sweden will most certainly be qualifying and will be moving their way through the tournament. So why stress over this stupid qualifying? Yeah, it's got to be done, but it's like 
I don't know, the blood tests you've got to take before you go to the doctor's office. All right, this is World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Eber. Yes, I'm a little cynical today. Yes, we're presented to you by betonline.ag. When we come back, let me tell you how FIFA uh, is really trying to meddle itself in club operations. And I think it's a not very transparent or clever way they're trying to do it. Be right back after this. This is World Soccer Radio. All right, uh, welcome back to the show, World Soccer Radio, on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM, presented by betonline.ag. I'm Nick Ebo. Great to be with you Monday through Friday, 6, a, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time, then again, midnight Pacific, uh, 3 a.m. on the East Coast. And uh, I hope you make me a regular part of your week. Some really interesting stories percolating around the world of football. And, you know, it, it is what we are seeing, this sort of continual... <coughs> Excuse me. Um, continual back and forth between FIFA and the clubs. A great example would be the discussion that has been going on with Arsene Wenger and uh, Gianni Infantino, who are absolutely dead set on pushing forward the notion of a biennial World Cup. In other words, every two years. The World Leagues Forum, though, which is a uh, group of a non-binding group of all the big leagues in the world, have said that the danger of that is that the FIFA is going to turn the World Cup into a quote commonplace event purely to serve their short-term interests. Well, you know, if you've been watching anything about FIFA over the last hundred years, you'll know that everything the FIFA does is done to serve their short-term interests. Alexander Seferin, though, who's the head of UEFA, had the most damning comments, saying that it would dilute the historical and traditional values of the World Cup, would negatively disrupt the football economy and undermine players' welfare in a calendar that is already overloaded, and that FIFA is not the employers of players. And this is going to be key to what I'm going to talk to you about next. Quote, as the employers of players and developers of the game at the domestic level, the leagues request full and transparent discussions so that the football calendar, which requires a complementary balance between club matches and national teams, can be agreed upon by all parties involved to benefit the game at all levels over the long term. Working together with all football stakeholders, the World League Forum, which is turning out to be a fairly important industry group, they will ensure FIFA is not allowed to make unilateral decisions on the future of football against the interests of leagues, clubs, players, and fans. By the way, um, Arsene Wenger is the guy who is the biggest cheerleader for the World Cup every two years. 
I don't understand where this comes from other than abject greed on the behalf on behalf of FIFA because obviously look you know the the the, the value of the world cup is outrageous right FIFA generated 5.4 billion with a b in total revenue from the 2018 world cup including 3 billion of the 5.4 billion from the sale of broadcast rights. By the way, they lump in the women's and the men's world cup into that rights package. So, no one knows how much the, the value the women's world cup has as a standalone event. I'm going to imagine it's not that great. And, 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 and no disrespect. I love the Women's World Cup, okay? U.S. viewership of the 2019 Women's World Cup final, this is in the U.S., was 22% higher than the 2018 men's final. But the reason for that is very, very simple, is that the U.S. was in the final. And the U.S. defeated the Netherlands 2-0 in that particular match. 14.3 million U.S. viewers turned in to watch the Women's World Cup final. For the men's side, 517 million viewers at one time with over 1.1 billion people tuned in to the Men's World Cup. So look, I don't want to get into the values because, you know, I, I, I do think... I, 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 I don't, you're not comparing apples and apples. And, and I'm not saying that one has more or less value than the other in terms of entertainment because God knows the Women's World Cup has been ridiculously entertaining at times and the men's has been really boring and vice versa. But the point I'm trying to make here is that FIFA have a golden goose egg, a golden egg that's laid every four years from them in the tune of billions and billions of dollars. And within those constraints, in between that every four-year nightmare and the constant stream of qualifying matches across all the confederations, the clubs have to squeeze in their schedule and their regional schedules and make their money. And yes, the big leagues make a, a crap ton of money that dwarfs FIFA, we all agree. But having it every two years is just a stupid, stupid idea. But folks, don't expect that this is the last you are going to hear on this topic. Because hot off the press, Brazil has asked FIFA to ban eight of its players from playing over this weekend in the Premier League because the Premier League would not allow those players to travel to Brazil for their international qualifiers. Why? Why, you ask? Why would the Premier League be so mean, so thoughtless, so uncaring as to not let these Brazilian players travel? Very simple. They travel 
the FIFA break is 10 days. They travel there for the game. They come back. Unfortunately, they then have to quarantine for another 10 days. Thereby missing another match, or in some cases, two matches, for the clubs that actually pay their salaries. So Brazil was pissed off that the Premier League clubs would not let their players go. And they've asked FIFA, who will now stop eight Brazilian players from playing for their clubs this weekend. I'm going to get down to it. Let's get down and dirty into the nitty-gritty. Who are the Brazilian players? Tiago Silva, Fred. By the way, listen to how bad this is, okay? Roberto Firmino, Fabinho, and Allison will not be able to play for Liverpool against Leeds United. Edison and Gabriel Jesus will not be able to play for Manchester City. And I want to say Manchester City are playing Leeds this weekend. So let me, let me, I'll tell you what, let me pull that up and just verify. Um, wow, I closed the... Uh, hey, guys, you've got to stop me from doing this, okay? Here we go. Yeah, Man City are playing Leicester City. They have a big game, Man City, away at the KP. And they're not going to have Edison and they're not going to have Gabriel Jesus. However, and Liverpool, who are playing Leeds United, won't have Roberto Firmino and Fabinho and Allison. Three players gone. Kind of critical players, okay. And Leeds forward Rapinha, who had his first call-up to the Brazilian squad but wasn't allowed to go, well, he's not allowed to play either. Eight Premier League clubs are going to be denied their players this weekend. Because it's not just Brazil. It's Mexico, Paraguay, Chile. Raul Jimenez, Miguel Almiron, and Francisco Sierralta are not going to be allowed to play. Gianni Infantino has asked the UK government to provide players with exemptions to allow them to honor their international commitments. But it's not going to happen. This is absolutely ridiculous. By the way, do you want to know what is even more ridiculous? Is that the Brazilian national, uh, the, uh, is that the Brazilian football decided that it was okay, though, that um, Richarlison can play for Everton because, well, Everton were nice to them and allowed Richarlison to play at the Olympic Games. So it's okay. Listen, these other guys can't because of this terrible rule that they broke, but, you know, we like Everton, so Richarlison can play. Folks, this is corruption at the highest level. It is not the club's fault that the government stops the players from coming in in the middle of a national health emergency. This is ridiculous. This is outrageous. This is another shot in the continuing club versus country battle going on between FIFA and the confederations and, and, and the leagues, mainly, namely, specifically, the Premier League. You are talking about the two big 
football battleships squaring up with big broadsides because they are fighting for market share. I think it's ridiculous. By the way, in another in another set of funny yet somewhat true stories, PSG and the uh, Spanish league head of La Liga, Javier Tebas, they're in a bit of a pissing match themselves. Tebas refers to PSG as a, quote, state club. Tebas said that PSG were as dangerous as the European Super League. They look like the League of Legends, given the age of some players. <laughs> oh, dear. And then, of course, the snitting going back the other way. Malero, the head of PSG, says, it's not what, It will not escape your attention that we comply with UEFA and French regulations. It's worth noting that the French League did not, like your league, wait until recent leagues, or recent years to put in place strong financial regulation. I'm quite surprised you're not focusing more of your attention on the two clubs in your league, Real Madrid and Barcelona, that remain steadfast focused on breaking up your league and European football as a whole. Hysterically funny, folks. Keep watching. Keep watching this space. PSG are going to be continuing to get... But, but you know what? I say at the end of the World Cup, the Qatari folks will sell PSG because I can't imagine what they're getting out of it. All right, this is World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Eber. Let me know what you think. Find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Uh, i got to go. Be right back after this. All right, welcome back. Well, Soccer Radio, Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM, the Sirius XM app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and uh, the American Forces Network, and the podcast available for your edification uh, as soon as the show's over, which is just a couple minutes from now, at our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V Podcast Network, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I use Spotify, but you could use Spotify or iTunes or whatever you want. Uh, you're going to get the podcast there. And please, subscribe. I love to talk to you while you're in the bathroom or working out or at the gym or taking your dog for a walk. It's part of what I love. I, I love these stories, folks. Today's one of these days where, you know, I know I didn't get really deep into the nitty-gritty of World Cup qualifying, and I told you why. But what a great bunch of soap opera stories we have today particularly in this ongoing battle between FIFA and the clubs. I love it. And the cheekiness of the Brazilian Federation requiring that eight players not play, but it's okay if Richarlison does because Everton was nice to us over the Olympics, is the silliest thing I've ever heard. Who on earth made the Brazilian Football Federation uh, lord and master over the English Premier League? I think the Premier League should tell them all to go stuff themselves and go from there. You know, does the Premier League really even need FIFA? Do the leagues really need FIFA? I mean, the World Cup's nice. FIFA should just resign itself 
to the World Cup and whatever other international tournament it has. Maybe that's a topic for another day. So much to get to. So much fun. This sport that we love provides us with no end of entertainment. All right. That's going to just about wrap up the show today. Hope you will join me tomorrow. And a reminder, by the way, Friday, I will give you everything you need for this weekend's Premier League matches. I'll go through each and every one. And we'll take a look at some of the best odds and values, courtesy of our very, very good friends at the Bet Online. .ag. I'd like to thank everyone at the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM, as well as the Believe Podcast Network, for making this show happen. Without you guys, it just doesn't happen. All right, folks, until tomorrow, have a great night. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.